Chapter 19 of Pee Wee Harris, FOB Bridgeboro. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pee Wee Harris, FOB Bridgeboro by Percy Keyes Fitzhugh. The Panic. Struggling to his feet, Pee Wee for a moment thought more of a bruised back than of the tragic possibilities of his inadvertent act. His match expired too soon to enable him to glean any information from the old, faded timetable. It was not till he stood in the darkness that the appalling thought came to him that a good deal more than a bruised back might be involved in his stumble. If he had thought quicker, he would never have lost the light from that precious match, for he knew that in almost every emergency, darkness is a terrible handicap. For just a few seconds he stood, terrified, aghast at the thought of what he had done. No doubt at the point where that branch left the main track there was a switch. Whether the track which branched off was just a siding or not made little difference so far as this emergency was concerned. The switch had no doubt been set to eliminate the branch track altogether, since the deserted neighborhood and the rusty rails indicated that the branch, or whatever it was, was no longer used. Suppose, then, that Pee-wee had opened the switch. A train coming from the west would enter the branch if it were not traveling too fast, in this latter case, a catastrophe would occur at the spot. If the train were traveling slowly, it might make the unintended turn. But if the curving track were only a siding, there would be a smash-up where the track ended. If the train were traveling from the east, it would be in no danger, for on such a junction the switch, however set, would have no effect on trains running in that direction. A glance at the accompanying rough sketch will show this. In all probability, as Pee-wee realized to his horror, the branch was merely a siding, formerly used by the factory. But in any case, he knew that a train coming from the west would meet disaster a few yards east of the tower house. One consoling thought he had as he stood in the darkness, his breathing quick and nervous, his mind in a state bordering on panic. He had only to consider the peril awaiting trains from one direction, the west. Oh, if he only had a light. In his terror and panic, fear if he only had a light. Pee-wee, whose want it was to freely investigate everything, had always held aloof from railroad apparatus and mechanism as things almost sacred from the touch of amateurs. He had always had a kind of superstitious awe of such things, levers, revolving lights, and so forth, which are seen in hiking near railroad tracks. It is true that he went scout pace along railroad lines in the country for the ties seemed to be just fitted to the stride of his small legs. He occasionally used a rail as a tightrope, balancing an apple on his head, a stunt which he had learned from Hervey Willets, a blithesome young daredevil at Temple Camp. But little metal pedestals along the way he shunned. And now he saw himself as the author of a horrible catastrophe. He tried to recall and decide from which direction the distant whistle had sounded, and to relieve his mind with the thought that perhaps it had not been along this railroad at all. But he found little consolation in these self-queries and thoughts. Up to this time, Pee-wee was just a terror-stricken boy, horrified and in awful suspense at what he had inadvertently done, and only a few seconds had elapsed. Suddenly he found himself, as one might say, and with a little nervous laugh at his own silly imagination, he grabbed the tall lever to pull it back again. But it would not pull. His first panic had been caused by the fact that he had moved it at all. He was now in a very delirium of fear at not being able to pull it over. Whatever he had done was irrevocable and probably fatal. End of chapter 19.